This is Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta, Georgia, a congregation full of life and love with a legacy of outreach ministries. Everybody's invited to church in person Sunday at 10 a.m. and online at mountpleasantatl.org. And now, the Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta. Come on, give God a hand, praise. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and the restoration of sight to the blind. Like Paul, though I preach this gospel, I myself have nothing to boast of, for necessity has been laid upon me, and I would be utterly miserable if I did not preach the divinely inspired word of the Lord. God is good, God is great, and God is worthy to be praised. For a few minutes this morning, I want to draw your attention to the prophet Zechariah, chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And if it's the custom, you may, if you can, stand for the reading of the word of God. When you get there, say amen. amen. If you're not there, say wait on me. All right. I got you. It's all good. Ready now? All right. <coughs> and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Amen. And reads, the angel who talked with me came again and wakened me as one is wakened from sleep. He said to me, what do you see? And I said, I see a lampstand all of gold with a bowl on top of it. There are seven lamps on it with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on top of it. And by it there are two olive trees one on the right of the bowl and the other on the left. I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered me, do you not know what these are? <clears throat> I said, no, my Lord. He said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring out the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord for a few minutes. I want to talk to you from the subject you cannot make it on your own. You cannot make it on your own. I want to focus 
on that verse 6. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. In the text, the prophet Zechariah, whose name means Yahweh remembers me, is awakened by an angel to see a vision of a seven lampstand made of gold and attended by olive trees. Confused by this vision, the prophet asked, what are these trees? And rather than answering the prophet's inquiry directly, the angel responds that this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Zerubbabel and his generation are faced with the challenge of a successful rebuilding of the temple. This word is given to Zerubbabel and his generation as a sign of encouragement to let them know that the Lord has not forgotten and in fact that the Lord has remembered them. Not only that, but to encourage their will to action and not to sit around meandering in the maze of mediocrity, waiting for a pie to fall from the sky. But he's calling them to move, and he's calling them to action. But today, church, I want to suggest to you today that this word is not only a word that is meant for encouragement, a word of action, but it is also a word of caution. Uh, caution against what preacher, you might ask? It is a caution against an arrogant dependence on his own might, on his own power, and of his own success. Are y'all praying with me? Through this word, God discourages Zerubbabel from exaggerating his own self-worth, from exaggerating his own power and superiority. And the reason that God does this because God knows there is the potential in all humanity for pride and for arrogance to spread like a disease and to spread like cancer if it goes unchecked. So not only is this word a cautionary uh, warning 
not only is it a word of encouragement, but it is a word of cautionary warning, but it is also a call to self-examination. Uh, one great philosopher once put it that uh, a life that is gone unexamined is a life that's not worth living. Uh, you have to every now and again look in the mirror. Every now and then you've got to examine yourself because many times it's not other people all the time, sometimes it's as Michael Jackson once said, the man in the mirror. Do I have a witness in here? And, and so God knows that he's got to remind Zerubbabel and got to remind the people as they move forward in their progress in terms of building the temple that they've got to examine themselves. Uh, this is the word of Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. In other words, God reminds Zerubbabel in this walk, in this journey of life, You've got to remember who's who. Uh, you've got to remember in this walk of life not to get too haughty, not to get too self-absorbed in yourself, not to think you all this and a bag of chips. You've got to remember who you are in relation to God and what he is encouraging him to do here. And through him, he's encouraging the people. What he's encouraging them to do is to walk and practice and exercise a little bit of humility. You've got to humble yourself. Uh, you've got to practice humility and know that the Lord is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. In other words, the Lord wants to let him know if you're going to achieve any type of success, if you're going to achieve godly success, you cannot make it on your own. Do I have a witness in this building? You cannot make this journey of life on your own. You've got to lean and depend on God. Uh, uh, and you know this practice, <clears throat> this practice of humility, it, 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 uh, to experience success, this practice of humility may sound counterintuitive in the culture and the society that we live today, <clears throat> where human value and self-worth is tied to success that discourages humility and encourages pride and arrogance. We live in a world today uh, where arrogance is everywhere. As a matter of fact, we live in a society 
where humility is scarce and arrogance is in abundance. Where mass media advice from hip hop artists, authors and businessmen and women alike tell us to forget about being humble. Uh, as if humility is weakness. As if humility equals weakness. But meekness does not equal weakness. And because I'm meek doesn't mean that I'm weak. Uh, don't you get it twisted. Don't, don't think that you getting away with what you doing because just because I have not said anything about it don't mean that I don't see you. Uh, I might just be waiting for God to tell me when I need to make my next move. Do I have a witness in this place? Uh, meekness is power under control. Uh, you got to humble yourself. Uh, uh, we see it in mass media telling us that we don't need to be humble. Uh, but, but, but that's not what the Bible teaches us. Uh, because you do know the Bible teaches us that he Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles themselves will be exalted. Jesus teaches us to take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle. I am meek. And there you will find rest. You'll find rest in your meekness. You'll find rest in your gentleness. Indeed, the Bible teaches us, let this mind that be in Christ Jesus, let it also be in you. And the mind of Christ Jesus is the mind of a meek, gentle, and humble servant. And Jesus is a servant, and we're reminded again that indeed Jesus Though he was by nature God, he did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed, but he emptied himself. Somebody, you say, empty yourself. He emptied himself by taking the nature of a servant when he was born in human likeness and his appearance was like that of any other man. He emptied himself. And all I'm trying to say to you today is you have to be careful of thinking too highly of yourself and your own self-importance. Because just like God put you where you are, he can get somebody else and put them right there when you leave. Do I have a witness? Uh, it is God that made you. Yes, yes, I'm not trying to tell you that you're not important. I'm not trying to tell you that you're not nobody. I'm not trying to tell you not to have any confidence in yourself. But what I am trying to tell you and trying to get across to you is that you've got to know where you are in relation to God. Because you're not where you are on your own. Where you are, God bought you. What you know, God taught you. Where you going, God's going to lead you. And don't you dare get the big head and, and think it's your might and your power uh, that are making you 
be where you are today. And don't you get the big head to where you believe and think that you don't need nobody else because all you have to do is depend on yourself. Sometimes we feel that we are primarily responsible for our own social and educational attainment. We don't need nobody else. We believe that what we do determines what will happen to us and even to others. That's really what we want to do is we want to have a sense of control. We want to control everything and everybody. But I want to let you know that you really don't have as much control that you think you have because all control still belongs to God. Uh, you, it's not your strength that have wrought you all the things in your life, but it is God. The story is told, the story is told of two brothers who grew up on the farm. One went away to college and earned a law degree and became a partner in a prominent law firm. And he even became prominent in the state capital. The brother, other brother stayed back at the family farm and one day the lawyer came and visited his brother, the farmer, and he asked, why, why don't you go out and make a name for yourself and hold your head up high like I hold my head up high? Uh, why, why don't you go make a name for yourself in the world like me? The boy, the brother, other brother pointed and said, see that field of wheat over there? Look closely. Only the empty heads stand up. Those that are well filled always bow low. In other words, the branch that bears the most fruit is bent the lowest to the ground. And that is the way it is in God's kingdom. If you want to be successful, those who would be first must first serve. And if you want to be the greatest, then you're going to have to bow down low. And that doesn't mean that you stoop until you are smaller than yourself, but you stand at real height against God. That means that you're measuring yourself against God. And once you start measuring yourself against God, you stop measuring yourself against others, you'll find out where you really stand in the greater scheme of things. Worldly, worldly, worldly arrogance. God is warning Zerubbabel through the prophet Zechariah of worldly arrogance. And you know, as I, as I come to my close, I, I ain't going to hold you long. I'm not one of no long preachers, amen. Uh, I'm just trying to press my claim here. Uh, uh, and you know, worldly arrogance has even seeped its way into God's church. Uh, uh, we, we've got a lot of worldly arrogance in the church of God. Uh, uh, people who are exaggerating their self-importance. And uh, you know, you because you're a Christian, you feel entitled, right, that God should do whatever you ask God to do for you. Name it and claim it. Snap it and grab it. Put it in the bag and I can have it. Uh, and, 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 you, and you believe that, that you can 
uh, order God to do what you want God to do uh, and, and that you entitled that, to receive the desires of your heart. Uh, but I got news for you today. I got news for you today because, because you, oftentimes uh, the desires of your heart are not falling in line with the will of God. Uh, you, you think you can name and claim uh, everything and God's going to give you all the desires of your heart. You ought to be careful of trying to push and uh, order and push God around and having God to do what you want God to do because God is God all by himself and beside God there is no other. You can't tell God what God is going to do. You better trust and pray that whatever the desires of your heart are are in the will of God. Uh, I feel my help coming here. You got to be reminded that you got to humble yourself. Not only do you have to humble yourself and know that you got to depend on nobody but God and nobody but God and God alone, but you got to understand that you need the help of other people. You just can't make it in this life alone. I didn't get where I am today. I didn't graduate from the schools that I graduated from. I didn't get to be an instructor at Spelman College because of my own ingenuity, of my own intellect, of my own ability, because I know all that I am, God has made me, and where I am, it's because of God and nobody but God, and that's why I'll serve him until the day that I die, because he's been good to me. He's been better to me than I've been to myself. He's opened doors that no other man could open. He's closed doors that no other man can close. All to him I owe. Do I have a witness in here? You ought to put your hands together right there and tell the Lord, thank you for making a way. Thank you for being good to me. Thank you. Uh, I know it's not because of myself. I know it's because of God, and he is the only one. You got to be careful of thinking that you are the one who is responsible for where you are, and you've got to be careful for order as you try to order God around and push God around, and then you think that God is going to give you the desires of your heart every time, and then when you don't get the desires of your heart, you find yourself being mad at God, and then you look at somebody else who may have what you desired, and you get mad at them, and they ain't done nothing to you, but God has just given them what he didn't want you to have, and then it causes envy. What you ought to do is just be thankful for what God has provided you. He gave you breath in your body. He gave you a house over your head. He gave you food on your table. Don't you ever get arrogant. You think you can start giving orders to God. Yes, we have to be careful of being arrogant. We need to know that God is in charge. And we can do nothing. That song says, no, nothing without God. 
Therefore, we need to practice a little bit of humility. Yes, we need to know God is in charge and we cannot make it without the Lord. And that not only do we need him, but we need him, we need other people. He sends Zechariah an angel. And he sends Zerubbabel, Zechariah. That's why we have to be careful how we treat people who come into our lives because we never know who God is sending to help us. Uh, I got to leave you here now, but there is a story of a lady who had it all. She was successful, so she thought in her own mind. But on one tragic evening, while she was driving on the road, she had an accident. And as she was in that accident, the car caught on fire. And she couldn't get out of the car. She was trapped in the fire. But so happened on that fateful evening, there were a group of people in another car driving by the scene. And these people so happened to be, were the people that this lady who thought she built her success on her own had worked with, but when she saw him on the job, because she was so arrogant, because she had a nose so high uh, on the hall, she didn't speak to those people in that car. But as they were riding on the road, they looked over and they saw that lady that they worked with caught in the fire. And those same people that she looked down on, those same people uh, that she thought was nobody, those same people who she thought she didn't need saw her in the fire. And they looked over and said, we better get out of the car. Because we see her in the fire. Do I have a witness in here? And uh, they got out of their car and uh, went over to her car and started wrestling with the door of the car trying to get her out of that burning fire. Do I have a witness in here? And if, finally, after a few minutes of wrestling, they were able to pull that woman out of the car. That same woman that had looked down on them, 
that same woman who thought they were nothing at all. They were able to pull that woman out of the car by the grace of God. And all I'm trying to tell you today is you got to be careful with your own arrogance. You got to be careful with how you treat folk because uh, you don't know what day the fire might come. And you don't know who God's going to send to get you out of the fire. Do I have a witness in here? Nobody got out of the fire but God. Nobody can get you out of your fires but God. Let me talk over here a little bit. <laughs> some of you have been in some fires. Some of you have been in some hot situations and you didn't know how you was going to get out of them. But God uh, sent you somebody to get you out of the fire. Do I have a witness in here? Ain't God all right? Won't it make a way for you? Do I have a witness in here? I got to leave you here now, but I'm going to leave you with one more story. Yeah, I started this sermon off uh, talking about the lampstand. I started this sermon off uh, talking about the olive or trees. And I want you to know tonight or this morning, what I want you to know is uh, that those olive trees represent something. And I want you to know that the lampstands represent something. Those lampstands represent the church. And those lampstands might even represent you because you're in the church. And I want you to know that the olive trees represent something. It represents the olive oil. Because you got to understand uh, that the lampstands mean nothing. The church means nothing. You as individuals mean nothing unless you got the oil. Do I have a witness in here? You got to have, you got to have the oil. You got to have the power of the Holy Spirit. Old folk used to call it the Holy Ghost. You got to have the Holy Ghost if you're going to make it in this life. You cannot make it on your own. You got to have the Holy Ghost. Nothing but the Holy Ghost. When you got the Holy Ghost, you also got to have the blood. What can wash Weigh my sin, nothing but the blood. What can make me whole again? Nothing, nothing but the blood. Is he all right? Is he all right? Don't fool me now. If he's done anything for you, you ought to put your hands, put your hands together. Tell the Lord, I love you. Because one day, one day, one day when I was in the fire, one day 
when I couldn't get myself out of the situation. He sent his son and they hung him on a hill called Calvary. He hung, he hung till he dropped his head in the locks of his shoulder. He died, he died, he died for you and he died for me. But that ain't how the story ends because early, early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hand and because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives I can live on and make the journey clap your hands and tell the Lord thank you thank you ah, ah, thank you There is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do the same for you. All you got to do is humble yourself and, and, and understand that you need God to make the journey. You need Jesus to make the journey. You've been listening to the Mount on the Go podcast. If you've been enjoying the word, please consider donating to the Mount Pleasant Ministry. We have various ways that you can give to the ministry to allow us to become better in our pursuit of delivering God's word to you. You can give via PayPal at mtpleasantatl.org. You can give via Zale, info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also give via Square and Givelify. For Givelify, just search for Mount Pleasant Baptist Church with our address, 17 Melvin Avenue, Southeast Atlanta, Georgia, and you'll be in the right place. In addition to all these options, you're always welcome and invited to grab an envelope and have cash or checks sent to the church, whose address is again, 17 Melvin Avenue, Southeast Atlanta, Georgia. For questions, comments, and concerns, feel free to email us at info at mtpleasantatl.org. That's info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also visit our website, www.mountpleasantatl.org, to follow us on YouTube and Facebook for the video version of the podcast. Our services are live every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are more than welcome to visit the church in person every Sunday at the same time. Thank you so much for listening.